Coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast, we take a listen in as Dari Ogumbawale joins Jack and Abe at the Snapback Sports podcast to discuss everything from the signing of Tom Brady, coronavirus, helicopter, coverage of private workouts, and the current status of the NFL season. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, David Harrison, one half of the normal hosting team here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Usually joined by James Yarko. You can find me on Twitter at dharrison82. You can find James at jyarko underscore bucks. Find the show at Locked On Bucks. Both James and I write for BucksNation.com, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can find everything we're writing over at the website, and then of course on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation your lead Tampa Bay Buccaneers story for today is Dari Agumbawale Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back joining Jack and Abe at the snapback sports podcast to talk all things Buccaneers offseason and a little bit of a look ahead to what could be the 2020 NFL season starting off with how Dari feels about the current state of the survivability of the season moving forward so what is the word around the league like do you feel like we're gonna start a season and play a full season and you feel comfortable with that yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think everyone's getting more and more confident that we will start on time. Um, the whole preseason thing is interesting. Um, just having two preseason games is going to be really different because um, that's just that many more practices without you know tri- mm. uh, preparing for a game. But uh, no, besides that, I mean, I feel like the overwhelming uh, feeling is that um, we'll start the season on time and we'll be able to get through the whole season now how many fans will be at the games and stuff like that and travel and stuff. I That'll be stuff that uh, is still getting figured out, but I, we'll have a season after. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> so Dara Gumbawale, they're expressing some confidence that the 2020 NFL season will in fact happen and even potentially start on time as the league and the players themselves start to take precautions, start to try to put some things in place to prevent the spread of COVID-19 among the player population, the coaching populations, and try to get a season in, not just for themselves, but for the fans and for really everybody who kind of relies on the game of football as, as a yearly tradition and something that they look forward to during the fall and into the winter. Of course, one big part of this was the NFL deciding to cut the preseason in half by two games, eliminating the week one and week four preseason games, remaining with the week two and week three games, allowing the rest of the time for the teams to train and practice and get ready for the season as best they can while minimizing travel and minimizing potential exposure to any type of illnesses. And the players themselves are kind of taking an an extra step forward. Uh, Earlier this week, the NFLPA released and reported that the Players Union voted on Friday to cancel the preseason entirely. Uh, Gil Arcia wrote for Bucks Nation and quoted NFL Network's Tom Pelissero as reporting, quote, the first stage would be medical physicals for all players upon reporting to camp, which would last three days. The following 21 days would make up the second stage, a strength and conditioning program to prepare the players' bodies for a return to football activity. From there, teams would move to a third stage that would resemble OTAs in which players would participate in 10 days of non-contact, non-padded practices before eventually shifting to a 14-day fourth stage that would be focused on what camp traditionally looks like with potentially 10 total practices with a maximum of eight padded practices, of course, again, that coming out earlier in the week, and was followed up by another report coming from Pro Football Talk up on Bucks Nation on Wednesday via the NFL Players Association, where they have requested that there be no 11-on-11 activities 
in practice during the season. Obviously, that would probably extend into the preseason during group activities. Again, the players doing everything they can and exercising as much power as they can as a union to try to minimize the spread of the coronavirus, of COVID-19 amongst their own population to try to ensure that as many of them can go through the season and stay through the season as healthy as possible. As many outlets have have reported and many players have commented on the fact that a lot of their contracts have incentive-based earnings listed in them. So if a player has a 16-game incentive where they have to play all 16 games to trigger, say, a $500,000 bonus and they get sick because of 11-on-11 contact drills or because of extra preseason games, then obviously that money becomes a risk and those players don't want to do that if they can avoid it. So... While the players continue to do everything they can to flex their muscle as a union, the, the leaders of the NFL league office and the owners and even the coaches are also reportedly having conference calls and having discussions behind closed doors to try to figure out what the best way to move forward is to ensure that the players and the teams are as prepared as possible to have a good product on the field in 2020, but also that there's a product on the field in 2020 at all. And Jack and Abe went into those topics as well with Dari Gumbawale. So we're going to take some time here in a second and listen to some of those words and some of those thoughts that Dari had to share on the show. Around the league, like the whole preseason, it's been a been discussion, not even during Corona, but for years. Where do you stand on that? Like those games that don't matter for much. It's really just tune-ups. Like maybe you see more of the inner squad practices. But Dari, always... isn't that a big way of like how you made a name for yourself in the league? Like yeah, the preseason sure. game yeah. helps mm-hmm. the, you know, Mm-hmm. Like if like, uh, like we talk about like if I were a rookie this year or um, it, I mean having two preseason games is really tough you know you want for you you're not only putting out film for your team that you know that during the ninety man roster but those reps that you get um, every all thirty two teams see those so um, it's definitely it's definitely a uh, tough it's going to be a lot tougher for guys to pop out and have that preseason moment you know to help them make the team um, but guys want to play you guys want to play um regular season football so that might be what we have to do just because of the pandemic midway point of the week here at the logs on bucks podcast and that again was the voice of jack and abe of the snapback sports podcast talking to tampa bay buccaneers running back dara gumbawale about the preseason and like they said in the in their show guys uh james and i have kind of touched on this as well on on this very show that you guys have heard you know, the preseason has been a topic that's been in contention for, for quite some time now. This isn't a new discussion about whether or not the full four-game slate of the preseason, the full training camp session that these players and coaches go through is really all that necessary. And you've even heard coaches like Bruce Arians come out and go on the record and say that some of the joint practices that they hold that you know aren't away from cameras completely because there's fans available, there's media that are in the stands and, and on the field watching these guys practice. So there are eyes upon them, but they're not on the national you know stage. They're not on CBS, Fox Sports, or anything like that where the game is being broadcasted and coaches' film is being distributed across the league so that other teams that they're going to play during the regular season and potentially even in the playoffs can see some of the formations and some of the scheme things that they're working on in training camp. They're going up against teams like, you know, last year, for example, the Miami Dolphins, who the Buccaneers didn't play in the regular season. And if both teams were to have made it to, say, the Super Bowl, they wouldn't have faced each other until the Super Bowl. And by the time you get there, you're talking in February from from August. So anything that they, they may have learned about each other in August during training camp and private uh, practice sessions really isn't going to hold a whole lot of weight compared to all the film study that they're going to do from the regular season and the playoffs leading into the Super Bowl. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh but that just kind of gives an example as to where players and coaches kind of value the preseason, value the training camp sessions. You know, from a fan standpoint and from a network standpoint, obviously we love 
we all love seeing kind of those moments, those guys like Dari uh, who took took preseason opportunities and training camp opportunities and turned them into full-time employment and consistent employment. Guys like Adam Humphreys, who uh, was a huge fan favorite during his time with the Buccaneers, left for, for a better job opportunity, arguably, with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we'll see how that continues to grow. And then Cam Braid, again, is another one of those stories. And the list goes on and on. The league is full of guys who are undrafted free agents who took their opportunity, took their chance on the stage, on the field against live competition, turned it into fruitful employment for themselves and and for, in a lot of cases, long NFL careers. So it's interesting to hear uh, a guy like Dari who came from that undrafted crop and he came from that group of players who had to prove themselves and had to come in and make a name because nobody was making a name for them to, to sit here and say in this unique circumstances, unique set of circumstances that the league is facing with these illnesses and, and with the spread of, COVID-19 and all that, that he's, you know, actually on the side. And I think most players are on the side of, listen, let's do everything we can to minimize the impact of what's going on so that we can get to the regular season where the games really count. Yes, we understand that some of these lesser known players, I mean, I don't know, one of, one of my favorite uh, uh, training camp stories, preseason stories, it goes back to, to former Giants wide receiver Victor Cruz. You know, he kind of blew up the spot and then ended up turning in a pretty good career for himself before, unfortunately, injuries kind of caught up with him. Uh, but they're willing to kind of sacrifice that for a year if that's what it takes to get a product on the field. And I think most people who who love the game of football, I think most fans of their favorite teams would also you know agree. If you if you have to have a preseason, even one or two preseason games, at the risk of not having a season at all, is it really worth it to you? Or would you rather perhaps having a season where August is a little bit more dull than usual and maybe you don't have your August heroes like your Adam Humphreys of the world and et cetera? But you have your NFL season. In September, you've got meaningful football with starters on the field that can go out there and put on a, a good show for the fans, even if it's only on TV, even if there's nobody in the stands or limited fans in the stands. I think most people would agree that it's not worth the risk of, of getting those preseason snaps necessarily on television uh, in order to make those things happen. Of course, if there's no preseason, that means that Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans and the entire NFL watching world are going to have to wait just a little bit longer, about a month longer than they normally would have or probably would have liked to, to see Tom Brady wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, TB12, stepping on the field to lead that Buccaneers offense. Uh, they would have to wait, go from seeing it in August to having to wait till September. And for Dare, he's a, he's a player, you know, when, when the signing was going down, you heard from guys like Mike Evans on social media. You heard from Chris Godwin pretty much everywhere on interviews. Um, but Dare is a guy who got his opportunity here on, on the Snapback Sports Podcast to share with Jack and Abe how he found out, how he felt when the signing of Tom Brady went down. Not only the signing of Tom Brady, but also the acquisition of tight end Rob Gronkowski. There was some stuff that happened since I last talked to you. I remember we were talking about Jameis Winston, and now there's a new quarterback on the team. Um, like, Have you how, heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> where, where were you when that happened? I was chilling at home, dude, and then my group chat just starts going Oh, yeah, crazy. you, you DM me. You're like, yeah, exactly. we've been talking, talking earlier yeah, in the day, exactly. and you're like. <laughs> yeah, like my phone just starts going crazy. I'm like, there's no way this is – but. Um, I trusted the dude, so I was just like, okay. And then I went to uh, Twitter and I saw it was surreal. So, but no, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Before it actually happened, like, did you know that something was in the works before it became official? Like, or you were just you found out when we all found out? Like, I would hear, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. you would see the stuff on Twitter, like, oh, it makes sense for Brady to go to the Bucks, uh, but like, I mean, it's Twitter, dude. So <laughs> I, I didn't really think too much of it. So, um. When they actually came, broke that he came, I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I guess we got Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dope. What about Gronk? 
Yeah, that one actually I didn't believe. Like my friends sent me that, and I'm like, "There's no way like Gronk is coming out of retirement." But uh, then I saw it on ESPN. That's um, I bet I got to run around with him too, and um, he looks good though. He is uh, you realize how why he's one of the best tight ends to ever play. I mean, if not the best. I mean, he is uh, he's looking good. Pretty standard stuff there from Dara Goomba while they're talking about the acquisition, the signing of Tom Brady. I think it kind of follows the same pattern that most people had when it pertained to Tom Brady and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being a potential landing spot uh, for him in the, in, the, in the 2020 NFL offseason. And, you know, going all the way back to the end of the season, you know, really the big discussion was were the Buccaneers going to franchise tag James Winston or or are they going to extend him and sign him long term? That was really kind of the big question. Then it kind of slowly turned into, well, is James even going to stay at all, especially once kind of the word kind of started spreading about how much he really wanted. And then, you know, at the same time in New England, you've got the the murmurs of is Tom Brady really going to leave New England or is he going to stay? And so those things are all kind of coinciding together. And then as we kind of got to that boiling point, you know, in the offseason where decisions were starting to have to be made and discussions were starting to be had, uh, you really kind of saw it simultaneously almost kind of flip where it was like, okay, well, now we're to the point where we don't think Jameis is coming back to Tampa at all. And now we're also at the point where Tom Brady is not coming back to New England at all. So now where do each of those guys land? And then, you know, the Buccaneers become a hot topic of conversation regarding Tom Brady. But even in the national media, not a lot of people put a lot of stock into the idea that Tom Brady would actually land in Tampa or choose Tampa. And I feel like that's probably has a lot to do with the franchise history and kind of their reputation in the league, not being a winning team, not being a winning franchise. Um, and, you know, I suppose that's kind of earned to, to a certain extent, but then you look at the nucleus of what this team has on it with the Mike Evans and Chris Godwins of the world. And it just kind of made sense. So that excitement coming through from Dari, but what I really enjoyed from that clip right there and what he said uh, during that line of questioning there from, from Jack and Abe is what he said about Rob Gronkowski, because as much as there are concerns about Tom Brady's arm, about his age and about, can he survive a full NFL season at his age? There's also a lot of concerns about Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, one of the best tight ends to play the game in the in the history of the NFL, maybe the best. Uh, you know, you probably argue with the Kansas City Chiefs fan about Travis Kelsey's status and his future and and his trajectory and all that. But that all being set aside, you know, Rob Gronkowski spent a year away from the game of football, retired. Uh, a lot of people kind of assume it's, it's basically because of injury. You know, the game is not fun if you're always getting injured. And Rob is is known as a guy who just he misses a lot of action, he misses a lot of games. Uh, you guys who have been listening to the show for quite a while know that James and I are, are pretty heavy into fantasy football. We like to discuss fantasy on this show. We write about it over at BucksNation.com. We actually have kind of our first dive into the fantasy football world coming up here at the end of this week. Um, and Rob Gronkowski is a guy that as much as I love his spirit for the game and as, as much as I love the, the approach he takes to being a football player, he's a guy that I always stayed away from or shied away from in fantasy football because you just could never rely on him to be able to play for you week in, week out. And was he going to survive long enough? to make it to the end of the regular season and be in the playoffs there for you in your fantasy football league. And, and for me, it was just something I never wanted to really trust. So to hear from Dare uh, that not only is Rob, you know, participating in these offseason workouts and some of these private sessions that they've got going on, but that he's looking really good. And he's, he's, he's really demonstrating all those things that a player like Dare, who's never played with Rob before, but you know, you've heard about him. You've, you've heard kind of stories about his work ethic and how that you're seeing it live in living color in person on the field as a teammate, you're really kind of seeing that greatness uh, shine through and you're kind of seeing that ability shine through. So, you know, uh, again, he is a teammate. So, you know, <laughs> it would be a little surprising if Dari came onto the show and, you know, started talking about, oh, you know, he's kind of slow out the blocks. He doesn't really cut very sharp and he kind of drops a lot of things. You kind of tell he's a little shy looking to avoid contact. So we'll see how it goes. That would be a little bit surprising and definitely catch some headlines. But 
at the same time, I kind of feel that the lengths that Dari went to kind of describe Rob Gronkowski and what he was doing in those practices and those workouts, he went above and beyond what was asked of him. And I think that when you do that, those those are coming from a place of genuine uh, adoration. And, and you know, I think that Dari's words uh, ring true because of that. Talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers football here on Wednesday on the Locked on Bucks podcast. And we have been listening in to Buccaneers running back Daria Gumbawale, who was recently on the Snapback Sports Podcast with Jack and Abe over there talking about a lot of things. Social justice, talking about coronavirus, talking about preseason, regular season, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. And of course, we just heard and we just kind of went over his comments about finding out Tom Brady was coming to the team and then finding out Rob Gronkowski was coming to the team and what he has seen from that tight end in these private workouts. Speaking of those private workouts, of course, the guys had to go into those private workouts. Plenty to hear from Dari about those workouts. And Dari kind of gave the players inside on the field view of how those workouts have been going and what they've been accomplishing there and kind of how it's been how it's felt for him to, you know, catch passes from Tom Brady. Uh, but first, before we get down to the field level with Dare, uh, the guys, Jack and Abe there, uh, went to an overhead view, had to talk about that aerial coverage. The workout that went viral, some dudes uh, filming with the drone. Were you at that one or you were at yeah. Yeah, so it was actually a, a helicopter, dude, not even a drone. Like, oh they, it was a news channel. Um, but, yeah, we were out there. And it, um, I don't know, man. I I, I get it. Like, there were, there's not a lot of sports on right now, so you want to get your uh, footage out of stuff like that. But, like, I, I feel like that's just a little top game. Yeah, you took to Twitter on that one saying they were creeping. It was actually <laughs> yeah. like they were tracking it like it was the OJ car. car. Right. <laughs> Like a helicopter, like that's exactly like, what they were attracted at. Like. And we're out there, and we see a helicopter just hovering. We're like, "This is for real." And like and now you got to now like, you got to put the real playbook away. Yeah, exactly. All right, again, and guys, this is something that you know James and I have discussed on the show and kind of chimed in. And obviously, I think Dari kind of agrees with James in this that you know having the helicopter you know floating over the stadium as these guys are trying to get workouts in and trying to do things as as a team. And as teammates to get comfortable with each other as much as they can before the preseason and before the regular season starts, maybe a little bit over the top, you know, there uh, by that local local Tampa station, kind of doing what they got to do and doing what they did there. But again, Dari, I mean, expressing some understanding, you know, that this is you're talking about sports journalism, you're talking about sports journalists in a time specifically covering the NFL beat when there's just not a lot going on, you know, if in times like this where there's no practices, no OTAs, no training camp. Um, really any good news is normally going to be bad news. So if, if a news outlet, if a news journalist has the opportunity to take an assignment or go out on assignment and cover something that is, you know, maybe not uh, the most, the most sexiest of stories, but it's also not negative. I suppose there's your silver lining. There is at least these guys aren't out having to, you know, hunt down lawyers or, you know, court subpoenas or public records trying to find out the nitty gritty going on with the latest scandal, but just kind of a little bit of a funny interaction there. I uh, just, I don't know. Uh, I'm not an NFL player. You know, I know a lot of you guys listening to the show aren't NFL players, but I couldn't imagine what my reaction would be if a news station decided that uh, what I was doing was worth hovering in a helicopter and spending all that money on fuel um, and, and the, the upkeep and the maintenance of that bird to, to watch what I'm doing and not even actually executing my job, uh, but practicing and, and kind of just getting to know each other. Uh, but Dari had more to say about those workouts uh, following that part of the conversation as well. But no, I mean, but no, those workouts have been great though. Um, we've gotten gotten really comfortable with each other. The chemistry's coming, um, and uh, get a lot of timing. Um, that's a big thing with not being able to obviously have OTA. So, no, those workouts been real good, and um, 
it's, like I said, it's crazy to be playing with Brady. So good to hear from Daria Gumbawale. Those workouts going well. Uh, chemistry is being built. Timing is being built. And for a guy like Dario Gumbawale, that timing and that chemistry that he's building with his quarterback is critical and is invaluable. Uh, earlier in the episode, if you guys go back and listen to it, which obviously I highly suggest that you do, uh, again, that's a Snapback Sports Podcast hosted by Jack and Abe over there. You can also go to BucksNation.com, check out a couple of the things that I've written recently. That podcast is embedded in those posts, so you can listen to it directly from there, or you can go to Apple iPods or uh, podcast and go ahead and download that for yourself. Uh, but earlier in the conversation, they talk about kind of that Wisconsin running back lineage and James White being a, a favorite target of Tom Brady's going back to last year and even the year before, uh, having some really just gaudy receiving numbers from the running back position and how Dare kind of fits that mold a little bit too and how he might be able to get involved in that whole thing. So just some similarities there from where Tom Brady came from and where Tom Brady is now. Uh, but something that was, that was really impressive. So uh, again, you know, this is the goat and, and you're, you're a football player, you know, I, granted they're all peers and you're all in the same, uh, you know, network and you're all in the same profession, but there are certain people, I think in every profession that kind of elevate themselves to a little bit of um, another echelon. Tom Brady is one of those. And earlier in the episode, again, Dari talked about kind of his first moments of meeting Tom Brady and kind of where it took his mind back to. And I was just kind of amazed as to what Dari said. So I wanted to make sure that I fit that into today's episode and let you guys hear that as well. But no, yeah, when I first met him, it was just, uh, it was just crazy. You know I mean? It's, you just grow up watching him. I mean, I'm in fourth grade watching him win a Super Bowl. So and it's pretty, you just don't really think you get those opportunities um, when you're that age. And um, being able to do it now is pretty unreal. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, after, a certain period of time like now it's just like work you know we're getting to work and we're getting better as a team so obviously there the more they get to know each other the more they work together it becomes just like every other working relationship but guys did you hear what i heard did the part that stand that did the part that stood out for me in that little clip stand out for you i'm going to replay that real quick for you i'm in fourth grade watching him win a super bowl that is Dario Gumbawale, NFL running back in 2020, saying that he remembers being in fourth grade watching Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know about you guys, okay? I'm not. I know I'm not the oldest guy, you know, necessarily in the room or whatever in the building, but uh, I was in Germany. I was, you know, I was in the army. I was in Germany already by the time Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. So to hear that Dario Gumbawale was in fourth grade or watching Tom Brady as a young kid, you know, probably just dreaming of playing, you know, in the NFL, barely catching a Nerf football. I don't know, as talented as he is, maybe he was he was doing uh, run, running routes with the full thing and everything, hauling in those passes. Uh, but that just kind of stood out to me. Um, of course, all of this, guys, is leading towards expectation, right? That's why the Buccaneers have so much coverage as they do. They, that's why these helicopters are flying over these these closed practices, these private workouts, whatever you want to call them. That's why Chris Godwin is all over NFL Network. That's why Mike Evans, once again, people are talking about the Randy Moss, Mike Evans comparison, uh, all of these things. Um, it's it's the hype. It's the excitement. It's the expectations. Something that the hosts of that show didn't didn't hide shy away from uh, talking about how much they're excited to see what the Buccaneers can do. But I was really impressed too. You guys know Dario Gumbawale, one of the team captains last year, and I feel like this is a moment where he kind of really shined as a leader and really showed why he has so much respect in that locker room to be voted as a captain as he not only takes the opportunity to talk about the excitement they have around the offense, but give credit to the defense that really had to come through in some really clutch uh, situations and some really bad situations due to some of those turnovers that the offense committed in the 2019 season to even get them too close to getting an even record at the end of the year. I'm pumped. I keep hyping you guys up, and everyone has all these question marks, but I'm like, I don't know if Tom Brady has ever had this many weapons in his entire career. And the defense is serious, too. 
Serious. I mean, that's the thing. The defense is like that's the, that was our safe. That was, like we knew we had a good defense. We the front seven's coming back. Um, DBs a lot more experienced this year. Like we weren't worried about the defense at all. But now, I mean, we get great old linemen in the draft in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some good players in the draft, and then obviously we signed Brady and Grant. Um, and we got some we got some serious weapons on offense too. The thing for me with with you guys this year is you look at the the Bucks from last year. You guys won seven games by turning the ball over forty one times. That is very difficult to do to put to, to string together that many wins with that many turnovers. You think you're bringing in a guy like Brady who's been doing it for Career so long? High fourteen picks. I actually looked that up yesterday. Yeah, well, I think it's safe to say they won't be turning the ball over forty one times next year. But I mean, you you put that together, that is very hard to shoot your foot in. in shoot yourself in the foot that many times and win that many games. I mean, if you guys hold on to the ball. And that's, like I said, that speaks to the defense for real. Um, for real. Put the defense in some tough situations, and um, they they somehow, you know, get off the field. Um, and uh, now this year, if the offense takes care of our business, um, we're going to be a scary team for sure. All right, guys, and that's where we're going to leave today's episode with the mantra being just come in and take care of business, right? Do your job, Tom Brady, bringing that mentality, that mantra to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even more so than it already was in the building. Uh, guys like Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles bringing a spirit of accountability uh, and efficiency and professionalism to the team, of course. Um, but it's good to hear that Dare and, and his teammates have that attitude moving forward. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. James and I will be back tomorrow again with our first installment in some franchise talk. We've got a voicemail from one of you guys, so we're going to address that voicemail. It should be a pretty entertaining. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what James has to say about that voicemail. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, guys, one last time, a huge thank you there to Jack from uh, the Snapback Sports Podcast. He and Abe, a phenomenal interview there with Dara Gumbawali. Highly suggest you guys go take the opportunity to listen to the entirety of that thing. As many clips I just shared with you guys, they talked about a lot of other stuff, including NBA. So if you're an NBA fan, you know, uh, Dari's going to give you his thoughts on the NBA and the WNBA as well and what's going on with his sister's team. Uh, so some good things there from those guys. Very entertaining uh, interview and show. I subscribed. You know, uh, Jack hit me up and sent me the link. I listened to the to the interview. I listened to the episode, and I, I became a subscriber myself. So I highly recommend you guys do that. But, guys, until we speak again, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DHarrison82. Find James on Twitter at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Follow the show at LockedOnBucks. And then, of course, find everything James and I are writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, please be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another. And thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks. Bucks.